3: Hello and welcome to the Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090, um, ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and am 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch and Grant Mona. How are we doing? You know, not too shabby, um, God, some bad football last night. But other than that, I'm, I'm feeling
4: great.
0: I'm sorry, Grant. I just I had to say it. You're not wrong, though. That's the thing, GA. You're not wrong. I, that disgust is it's been a, a full season of disgust except for last week. So you're not wrong.
1: Man. I feel the same way. It's okay. You guys won a Super Bowl. You know, yeah, the man. Niners, everyone's talking about. I see some Niners media outlets saying sayonara, Rams. And I'm like, don't do that. They won a Super Bowl. We did it. <laughs> respect them until we win the Super Bowl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get that. I've never got going after your rival if you have nothing to go after them about in anything. You know. And by saying? the way,
3: this isn't the same thing. But if you remember that uh, stretch where the Giants won three World Series, you know they won the World Series, missed the playoffs, won the World Series, missed the playoffs, won the World Series. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not saying that the Rams are going to come back and win the whole thing. But I mean, this will be in the playoffs. No the Rams are sure. done. Yeah. So um, well, yeah, they're eliminated now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah so yeah, like it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> the season's over for the Rams. Like,
4: <laughs> unfortunately, it's just I mean, it's, it's done.
3: They've been they were technically alive. We had that great... To tweet that we, I mean, but listen, I mean, they've effectively been done for a while now. Um, Just want to give people a heads up uh, about. me, I am currently in the process of getting a, a place in Las Vegas. And so I missed the show yesterday, uh, may get a call that I have to leave the show uh, today while I kind of kind of do all this stuff. So, um, you know, the beautiful thing, G.A., is, you know, back when we first began this show, October 2020, during the pandemic, no studio. It was just me and uh, G. Hey, but now we have this amazing team here, Brandon Grant, Armani Buckets, by the way, shout out to Armani Buckets, probably not tuning in on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, but he, he is in Hawaii right now. So he could uh, tune in. So shout out to Buckets enjoying his vacation. But yeah, you know, just want to give um, folks a heads up. This will be kind of a. Um, uh we, not not I don't want to say a weird week but you know listen i mean these these are the um, holidays we are in the process of maybe changing studios moving studios so a, a lot happening here but yeah let's let's start with the, what happened well, last night, I almost took the Grant Mona Los Angeles parlay. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> did not. Uh, listen, let's before we talk about the Rams, I mean, the Lakers game was effectively over before it started. No LeBron James, no uh, Anthony Davis. Again, he's out for a, a while. Uh, no Russell Westbrook, no Austin Reeves. I mean, it was basically a preseason game, um, but that was a tough one to watch. That was a, a tough one to watch. Uh where, where where do we stand with the lakers in terms of if davis is out for a prolonged period of time and we touched on this yesterday my least favorite thing and why i'm very concerned they're saying at least a month you know that that's not just going to be a month you you know he's probably going to be out for a, a, an extended period of time this is now a situation where i'm not comfortable trading any kind of future first round picks because This season is effectively over in terms of how I view this. I mean, there was a period of time if Anthony Davis is playing like the most valuable player in the league, if LeBron James can once again play like one of the top 10 players in the league, maybe you have a chance. That chance is done for me now.
1: Really? Actually, I, I think, I mean, that's a fair point because we don't know when Anthony Davis gets hurt. He tends to be injured longer than most players in the NBA. You know, it's not a knock on him. He just takes his time. At the same time, it's one of those things where he was walking on it, going off the court. I mean, it's not like he can't walk. Um, and I know he's going to take that month. And it's such a weird situation. Like, the Lakers may know something we don't. And, you know, further evaluation. I mean, Jesus Christ, hopefully nothing, nothing's broken or something like that. At the same time, LeBron's been playing very well. I know he didn't play last night. Russell Westbrook didn't play last night. I mean, you just knew if their three best players weren't playing and then Reeves was hurt too. They have the worst bench in the league. So of course they were going to lose even without Booker. Like they still had Aiton, Mikhail Bridges and, and Chris Paul. So of course the Suns were going to win. I was impressed with how Schroeder played. Um, Thomas Bryant continues to impress me. Lonnie Walker continues to impress me. At the same time, I if I'm the Lakers, I'm I still think if Davis comes back the first week of February, even like, let's say he's out a month in, what is that? A week, a month and two weeks or something, like six week injury. Um, Cause he could walk on that foot. So unless he needs surgery, I, I do think that this isn't gonna be as long as you think Arash, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, knowing Davis's injury history, maybe I'm wrong. And Kawhi, you know, could walk too quote unquote and he was out a year and a half. So you just don't know. But if there is a possibility Davis comes back um, by February you're still in the thick of the Western Conference if you can hover around 500 with LeBron and Russell Westbrook. And I know you have to improve the depth. You have to bolster the depth. Would it be wise to give up one of those picks? No. Hopefully, you could get a shooter with just none and Beverly. But with the way none and Beverly are playing, doesn't look like you're going to get much for those guys. Um, impressed with Max Christie. We'll see what happens. But if they hover around 500 until Davis can get back, and that's a tall ask, their yeah. schedule does get easier. I'll give them credit. last year's team couldn't beat the bad teams. This team can take care of the bad teams. That's one thing I'll give them credit for, right? The teams they're supposed to beat. So if they can hover around five hundred they're they're not a team um if they improve through it through the, before the deadline and Davis comes back. They're not a team other teams want to face in the playoffs if they get in.
0: Yeah, you know, I think for me, the Lakers, the season is over just because the West is so wide open. I've said this many times on the, on the radios that the West is so wide open to where the Lakers can hover around 500 and still be in that playoff play in contention, uh, maybe even playoff. You know, that, that's the thing with this team. They fight, they scrap. You know, it's, it's unlike a, a Laker team that we saw last year where they would kind of just falter if they were down. This team scraps and fights to get back into the game. And even it's funny, the Suns have gone up against the Clippers G League team and then the Lakers G League team and the Past week, they've gotten kind of lucky there um, because at full strength, I think the Lakers could have made it a game, and I think the Clippers could have too. But in terms of Anthony Davis, I'm more worried. You know, people are saying you know all over social media that it's he he sprained his foot in midair. That's not what happened. I I think what happened was it was on the jump, and then he felt it midair or when he came down, and that's what's more concerning to me because we've seen him have a midfoot sprain last year, and you know Brian Windhorst mentioned that. You know, they went in for tests, and I don't know how accurate this is, but Brian Windhorst said that they went been to multiple doctors, they did multiple tests, and they said that he was already playing with pain in that foot, and that they went in and found something else that made him be out for this long, or supposedly out for this long, which is kind of worrying. But, you know, well, like Brandon said, he's not in a boot, you know, if he had a Liz Frank injury, he'd be in a boot or, or not even on it he's walking around. I think it's just being precautionary because he's such a fragile guy in terms of injuries. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the Lakers in general, just scrap. Keep scrapping. Be that scrappy team that can stay around 500 and then get into the play and then get Anthony Davis back, get the guys back, and I think they'll be all right. They're just a little bit banged up right now, but I don't think it's the end of the world for sure.
3: But that's my concern, you know, in terms of I mean, generally speaking, when you're talking about a, a team that on paper has a ton of talent, you're thinking, yes, they can hover around 500. They've not shown this entire season, obviously. Again, we've been hoping that at some point this season, they're not there yet. I don't know when they, they will get there. They will be a 500 team so I guess that's my concern it's not a small sample size that we've seen so far they are not a 500 team they are a below 500 team so if a team that's below 500 for the first time all year without their best player begins to hover around 500 obviously they're still going to remain below 500 yeah here's my thing When you're talking about future first round picks and we're there right now, we are there right now where this is a lottery team. I am now. So I only like to trade first round picks if I believe I have a window to win a championship. Again, when they when they got Davis the first time, I thought he was the final piece to the puzzle. This is a championship team. They, They did win that championship that that first year. There's no trade that they can make in my view that makes them a contending team. Now, does it make them a playoff team? Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. But I mean, in my view, I know the West is open. I think it's open right now when we look at the standings. But if we're really being truthful about it, they're not being a they're not beating a healthy Clippers team. They're not beating a healthy Warriors team. And then for the first time, I'm gonna have to kind of. For a while, I have not taken the Pelicans and the Grizzlies seriously. I am taking them. I mean, obviously, those are the top two teams. When you just look at the young talent that they have, this Lakers team, as I view them, there's not a trade that they can make where if they throw in a future first that makes them a a contending team. So um, listen, I, I hope they hover around 500. I don't think that they can, though.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point, Arash. Um, we'll see what happens, I guess, over this next couple of months. Sure, it'd be nice to have Bogdanovich, but you don't want to get to the point where you trade these picks. Yeah. Davis doesn't come back, and then all of a sudden, you don't have picks in the future to rebuild, and you're building around Max Christie. You know what I'm saying? It's really, great, I, but like... But I,
0: I really think they're, build, they're They're waiting on the bulls, because the bulls are really falling apart, and it's yeah. everyone's calling for them to blow it up. So... I think they're waiting on a package there to even do anything. I mean, even if you get Vucevic, Vucevic isn't a a world beater, but he's he's better than than Damian Jones. You know, even Thomas Bryant's been playing well, so that maybe that hinders a little bit of what they want in the center. You know, because Thomas Bryant's been playing great. You know, he's nothing up to Vucevic's offensive game, but I think they're waiting on the Bulls package honestly because the Bulls look like and the Raptors as well. Maybe the Raptors do something. There's a lot of teams that. I thought would be, you know, a lot far more far along right now that can put together a trade package to the Lakers. So maybe they're waiting for that. I'm not really sure, but yeah, with, I don't think you should, you should mortgage that future. Even the future is like seven years in the in the future. Don't mortgage it for a team that'll get to the five seed and be a second round exit. Like you gotta be sure, like Iraq said, you gotta be
1: sure.
3: Yeah. And, and so listen, I mean, if there's a trade out there to be had, I'm sure that they, they, they're gonna be looking. And again. I'm thinking worst case scenario for Davis only because I'm looking at his track record and, and we've talked about it for weeks. Every time he jumps, every time he falls to the ground, every time he does something, you hold your breath. And so, I mean, that, that's my concern there. But we do have to remember the way he was playing for about a month there. I mean, the best basketball in the league, that's been the wild card. You know, If he can play like that, if LeBron can play like he did a year ago, if these guys can kind of come together, who knows I, I, I still don't don't view them as a contending team but again the 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 wild card that we didn't really foresee coming into this year is the west is wide open there's not the you know the world beating warriors or the clippers i mean like the the, the, the west is is wide open to to the extent that listen if the lakers just make the playoffs they get healthy again that's not a team that you want to play um all right let's let's shift gears to the rams now again i I don't think anyone was really expecting them to go into green bay with all the (laughs) stuff happening with them and win uh although i got to admit we're on that uh, text exchange you know they're down 12 points they they begin to move the ball again we have to remember a week ago against Las Vegas, if they're down 13, they come back and win. So, you know, they had a chance there. Uh, Grant, I mean, th- listen, the goal for the these last few weeks has been to kind of look at the younger players, look at how this team looks in the future. Um, I, I have no doubt Sean McVay will come back. When I just look at the competitiveness of a Sean McVay, it would have been one thing if he if he retired from coaching probably short term not long term but in the short term retired from coaching following a super bowl win there's no way he's going to retire right now like even in the one year he didn't make the playoffs they were a good team that year they just barely missed the playoffs they were above 500 team this is the worst season he's had uh he's not going to leave now uh i do think stafford does come back i i, I do think a, a lot of these guys do come back grant when you look at the future of this team uh, do you can they still contend? Yeah, you know th- this year, like like you said, the
0: year after they went to the Super Bowl the first time against the Patriots, the, the year after they didn't make the playoffs, and obviously they were a lot better than they were this year. They're ten and or nine and seven that year. That was when they had less games. They were nine and seven. You know now it's it's kind of way worse than that. But you know they've been decimated with injuries. When I look at the future next year. If you get Stafford back, if you get an offensive, you know, the offensive line was just beat up. Even if you take a couple draft picks of your second, third, fourth, they don't have a first rounder because it's going to the Lions. Um, If you use that draft, those draft picks to maybe bolster that offensive line and even get guys healthy back because they did draft offensive linemen last year. They just got hurt in preseason. So when I look at the future for next year, if Stafford comes back, if McVeigh comes back, Aaron Donald, I don't know. I mean, he he seemed like he wanted to leave after last year. So that's the one that's that I'm probably more worried about as a Rams fan is is Aaron Donald coming back. Um, I do think he'll come back though, because he, he's too much of a competitor, like you said about the other guys to to walk away after this year. You get Cooper cut back. Allen Robinson's been hurt, too. I mean, you're going to have a pretty solid team on paper yeah. when everyone gets healthy, and you will be healthy going into training camp. Um, so I think the thing for, for them is staying healthy, because if they stay healthy, they're going to be a playoff team. Like Brandon said, I mean, the Niners and the Rams are going to be playoff teams. It's just a matter of you know how healthy can they be, just like the Niners. It's always been a matter of their health. Now it's with the Rams. It's a matter of their health. They're going to be fine. I think everyone comes back at least for another year. I mean, this year's a wash. It's fun to watch Baker Mayfield do his thing, and he threw a pick yesterday. He broke my heart. Threw a pick. Uh, finally, he finally showed some signs of being human. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the defense has to improve um, on the line. If getting Aaron Donald back will be fine, but I think next year they'll be a playoff contender. Not not really a, a Super Bowl team, but I you yeah. know as a, a team that won the Super Bowl last year, I, I'm fine with being a playoff contender next year. Yeah.
1: And and, and last thing I'll add is like Kyler Murray with the ACL injury and the Cardinals being an absolute joke. I mean, they're not probably going to go anywhere next year. So then it's down to the 49ers and Seahawks who you're competing with for the second or first spot in the division. And unless the Seahawks get Will Anderson from, from the, you know, because they have the Broncos pick, it's look. I mean, you guys definitely have a good shot. For sure. So, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would give it up. The Rams could certainly make the playoffs in the NFC next year. Arash, we can't hear you.
3: Oh. No. Yeah. All Bye. right. Uh, listen, uh, this this reminds me of the Warriors. Remember, like, there was a couple of years. Obviously, that was totally because of injuries. Clay Thompson was out. KD got hurt. Then he goes to Brooklyn. There was, there was a feeling the Warriors are done the warriors are done and it, it, even as bad as the lakers were you know when they played the uh, suns post uh, when they won the uh, championship they beat the uh, warriors in that play-in game great p- play-in game and everyone think the warriors are done they come back and they win a championship we'll see what they do this year but this idea that the rams are done I think is ridiculous, but the biggest point that you made, Brandon, and you've talked about it, Grant, and we've all talked about it, they won a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, when you do these big all-in chips at the center of the table, you got to win the pot. You got to win the whole thing, and when you don't win the whole thing, it's like, what did I do that for? So the Clippers are kind of in that position right now where, again, all chips, center of the table, trading every first round pick from now till the end of time. You get Kawhi, you get Paul George, you put together one of the best teams in the league. If you win a championship and you hang that championship banner and you go to the finals for the first time, it was all worth it. And I don't care what happens for the next 10 years. I really, truly don't. But when you don't win a championship, that's when it's like you think like there are cheaper ways, there are more efficient ways to lose. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like this trade for the Lakers. No matter what the Pelicans do, it doesn't matter. And you can kind of talk about oh they were in the bubble. Listen, if, I mean if we're re- if we're really being like actual and factual about this, the Lakers are the best team in the league. As the pandemic hit, they beat the Bucks right before, yeah. they beat the Clippers right before, they were the number one seed, they were the best team in the league. The pandemic didn't help a single person. I'm telling you right now, the Lakers flying to Orlando, Florida from Los Angeles and spang, spending a hundred days there instead of, you know, they they had turned home court advantage. But I promise you that that, that doesn't help them. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a weird spot, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing that I can say is that the Rams won a championship. And so, and again, I I said the same thing when Tampa Bay made that trade for John Gruden a while back, this was a, you know, um, wow, you know, all those first round picks, all that money. You know what? They won a Super Bowl, and 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 I can't tell you how that changes the course of a franchise, how that franchise is viewed. Um, so, listen, Grant, I 100% agree with you. Um, we'll have GHey show us the clock here in a bit, or maybe uh, this is so weird doing it over Zoom, right, guys? You know, it's like, like you can't you can't hear my my mic, and you know we're going to be frozen. But Grant, I mean, being a Clippers fan. Um, do you view that Clippers trade the same way? It's yes, or bust, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, anytime you go, I mean, look at what the Raptors did. They went all in on Kawhi in twenty nineteen, and they won a title. Now everyone views the Raptors as a championship organization. Now everyone sees them as a class organization because they have that title. You know, just with the Clippers, you come and get you know, it, it was a tandem trade because Kawhi wouldn't have came if you didn't get Paul George. So people don't really realize that. If you don't trade for Paul George, you don't get Kawhi. It's the same thing, you know, if they hang a banner, all the worries go away. All the talk about that trade being a bust and Shea Gilgis Alexander being bad, it goes away. So yeah, yeah it, it's definitely for sure,
3: same All thing. right, Yeah. Yeah, um, all right, let's leave it there for now. I'm gonna cut out, I'm, I'm in this weird spot where I'm in my new place, no Wi-Fi. Um, we got f- furniture being delivered, but we're lucky we got Brandon, we got Grant, we got GA. Uh, So good, good crew. I'm going to try to try to join you guys uh, tomorrow. We'll see if I got Wi-Fi. We'll see if I have a bed to sleep on here in Vegas. But um, anyways, uh, when we come back, hopefully be uh, joined by the uh, sports god himself, Dave Smith. When we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fane in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
2: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio.
3: when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Kazi show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend, sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm uh, I'm good. Well, how are you? I am good, Dave. Uh, just got back from New York. Caleb Williams win- winning the Heisman Trophy. No shock there. Uh, he won all the regions. Uh, got uh, three times as the first place votes of of uh, Max. Um, listen, your your thoughts on uh, Caleb yeah, and really the season that he has had. <laughs> I think
2: absolutely he should have won, and uh, well, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Watching him play the the way he can escape the rush and spin to his left, no, right, run to his left or his right at full speed, throw underhand, sidearm off one foot. It's uh, incredible watching him, and I think it was it was richly deserved that he won the Heisman. I know. People were talking about that blowout loss at Utah that might hurt him, but you know, he doesn't play defense. That game that game wasn't his fault and uh, and he hobbled around there on one leg and still making plays. I thought he showed a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of grit there and uh, yeah, absolutely he sort of won. But you know I was thinking watching that. Max Duggan from um PCU. I wonder if his coach cost him maybe a chance at the Heisman. Yeah. They're, they're on the one foot line, third down in overtime, and that dummy coach of there doesn't call a quarterback sneak. He takes the ball out of his best player's hands and gets stuffed twice in a row on running plays. Like, I wonder if he would have taken that in and won, because he made a great comeback and took him down the field and wound up thirteen and zero. I wonder if he would
3: have had a chance to win. No, incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think that that did cost him some votes. I'm going to set up a love fest here between you and Brandon by, by bringing up this next question. Brock Purdy. Listen, I thought Brandon was out of his mind. I thought all these people are like losing their mind. I mean, this is a, the last pick in the uh, draft. This guy begins the season as the third-string quarterback. Dave, I, I'm watching this game on TV thinking, okay, oh, my God, this guy is the second coming Brock Purdy. Dave, I mean, have they found their new quarterback? Again, they had already kind of moved on from Jimmy G, Jimmy G, kind of had to come back in and play because of what happened to Trey. This kid looks like the real deal.
2: Well, he's been great so far. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, and so far, so good. He played really well against Miami, and he played really well uh, against Tampa Bay uh, on Sunday. He looked great. Uh, this solves a lot of problems if this keeps up for the 49ers, because they can let Jimmy G walk as a free agent after the year and not have to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. Then they can spend that on other needs and maybe fill some other holes with the team. And then, you know, next year in training camp, him and Trey Lance may be the best man to win. Let him battling it out, battle it out in camp uh, uh, the one thing though, uh, home against Miami and home last week, uh, I want to see how he does like on the road and maybe in cold weather and maybe in a hostile situation. I think they're at Seattle this week. So I want to see how he does on the road and, you know, in front of a hostile crowd, maybe cold weather. That That's the one thing we don't know yet.
5: Yeah, a- absolutely, Dave. I mean, I just think it's remarkable that, I mean, he's looked so good. His ability, the differences between him and Jimmy, and you could make the argument, I know it's crazy to say, but they could have a higher upside with Brock Purdy, and here's why. His ability to get out of the pocket. Jimmy stays in the pocket. You know, he yep. has to get the ball out quick, and Brock Purdy can actually run a little bit. He's very athletic. He can get out of the pocket and make throws. You saw that, the one to Ayuk, the one to McCaffrey. Man, they need just Debo to come back healthy, McCaffrey to not get hurt, um, and their defense to stay healthy. And they have a real shot, Dave. I mean, I only I yep. said this yesterday on air. I really think the NFC is two teams. It's the Eagles and the Niners. Maybe the Cowboys, although I don't think the Cowboys can go into. Because let's say an upset happens. The Lions beat the Vikings or something. Because I think the Lions will get into the playoffs, right? If the Lions beat the Vikings, they're the seventh seed. They go into Minnesota and beat them whatever right uh, then they would play the eagles and the niners would play the cowboys right so and the cowboys would have to travel to santa clara so the, the cowboys if the niners take care of business the cowboys will be on the road for every game part of their whole allure is their of them being at
2: home am i wrong Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. And uh, look at the Cowboys. They should have lost to the Texans last week. Yep. Yeah, that's a beatable team, especially against the 49ers defense. By the way, I know it was two great wins in a row, but Mike Shanahan, well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing? What are you doing running uh, Debo Samuel up the middle? Uh, that, that's grunt work. That's something the fullback or the backup running backs should be doing and getting him hurt. And, and thank God it's not all that serious. It's just a high ankle sprain. But remember the offseason that Debo requested the trade and said he didn't want to play running back and he was worried about a career-ending injury. What are you doing running him up the middle uh, in a situation like that? that? To me, that was bad coaching and Shanahan's going to take some heat for this.
5: Absolutely, that was dumb. He did the same thing with Trey Lance. I, I mean, yeah. Why are you running your your skill position players up the middle? I mean, even McCaffrey, I get yeah. nervous. Thank yep. gosh. He expanded the playbook a little bit for McCaffrey, which allowed those holes to open because the couple weeks previous, Dave, I mean, you've watched the games. He was running McCaffrey right up the middle and everyone and their mom knew it was coming. And that's how you get someone hurt. That's what happened with Debo. That's what happened with a lot of, I mean, I just don't get that. You put Debo in the backfield, put him on a jet sweep, get him into space. Don't run him up the middle.
2: That's what he's there for. Don't you have Cal Eustacheck and that, uh, what's his name, that Jordan, what's his name, the backup uh, running back? Mason, who's amazing, answers? who's great. Yes. Yeah. why didn't you run in between the tackles on a short yardage? What are you doing it to Debo for? You don't see a Miami doing that with Tyreek Hill, do you? Who no. Running but, in between the back? You're just asking to get him hurt. And,
5: Dave, one more thing. If you're Kyle Shanahan and they – clinch the division on Thursday and I don't think this is a gimme game I've said before as bad as Seattle's playing Carroll always does well against Kyle I know he didn't do it in the second game of the season they dominated them 27 to 7 and granted Seattle was a much better team then it's different when you're on the road when you're in Seattle if anyone's ever been to is it still Century Link or they changed the field name Uh, if you've been to that stadium that place is nuts and this is a must-win game for Seattle and it's not a must-win for the 49ers I think it's a must-win But if they do clinch, if they take care of business, which let's be real, they should the way the Seahawks are playing. Nothing's guaranteed, but they should. It's going to be a tough win. If they win, it'll be by like three points or six points, in my opinion. Do you have the conversation of playing McCaffrey half snaps the rest of the year and putting in Jordan Mason?
2: I would think so. Wouldn't you? I mean, uh, you want to have McCaffrey uh, fresh and ready to go come playoff time, as long as it's not going to cost you any games. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Um, You know, and if you start sitting players out and lose a game or two, that might cost you a home field down the road against somebody. But as long as you're still playing to win, yeah. And I I like Jordan Mason
3: a lot. So yeah, I think he should get more reps. Uh, Dave, uh, big win for the uh, Chargers, putting themselves back in the playoff hunt. There looks like you know, I mean, if they do what they're supposed to do, that they'll, they'll find a way to get into the postseason. Not only that, Dave, they're getting healthy at just the right time. They get Keenan Allen back, Mike Williams back, Joey Bosa is coming back. Uh, your thoughts on the Chargers? I mean, I mean, can this team now, if they can get healthy, can they go any run here? Yeah, they they
2: remind me of the Clippers a little bit. You know, both second-fiddle teams, and not as popular as the other team in town, and uh, they, they just seem always to be a, a, a window closing with them, and they can't ever get over the hump, whether it's a curse or whether it's something having to do with the franchise. I, I, I like the talent on this Chargers team. Obviously, Herbert's a really good quarterback, and they've got talent, they've got skill position guys, and yeah, absolutely, I think they can go on a run in the right circumstances.
3: Yeah. Uh, Dave, with the Rams, again, weird situation. There Baker Mayfield comes in on a Tuesday practices on a Wednesday leads them to a win on Thursday is Baker playing for like anything more than his next job. Could he be a backup? I mean, what, what does the future hold there? You know,
2: um, <clears throat> uh, you guys might not agree with me on this. I've always liked him, uh, Baker May. I liked him in college. Uh, he's had some good years in Cleveland. I think two years ago they went 11-5. and five, And I thought last year it was really unfair the way he was treated in Cleveland when he was booed and kind of run out of town. He played with a torn labrum in his shoulder that needed surgery the entire year and an injured knee. He showed me a lot of grit and, and a lot of toughness last year. And I've always been, you know, I like my quarterbacks to have some swag and to have some arrogance and to have some attitude. And he's always had that I've always liked him, and, and he played really well leading the Rams back after what? He, he'd been there 10 minutes and led them to two touchdowns to win the game. And uh, uh, And who knows, you know? who knows if Matthew Stafford will be back next year. He's going to be 35 and he's talked about his body is all beat up and he's coming off a concussion here and he doesn't know how much longer he can play. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford retired in the off because wow. his body took a beating when he was with the lions over there. And he talks about his aches and pains and the concussion this year, and all the injuries adding up. And I don't think his wife wants him to go on too much longer either. You know, they could conceivably be without Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and Stafford wow. next year.
3: Dave- are, are you the mindset that that is worth winning a Super Bowl? Listen, you, you kind of go all in, trade futures, yep. first round picks, and at the end of the day, you, you you do all this to win a championship. Like if you're the fans, if you're the, I mean, is it worth that?
2: Uh, yes, I would say to yeah. win a Super Bowl. Yes, it's it's kind of the same question with the Lakers now. You look now and down the line. That trade's going to that AD trade's going to be a steal for the Pelicans. You look at the way they're set up. They're number one in the West right now. Uh, they got Brandon Ingram out of it. They got a boatload of picks. They have got the Lakers lottery pick this summer. This Pelicans team is set up to win in large part because of that trade into the future. But. That trade did win the Lakers a championship. Yeah. Granted, it was in the bubble. So I, I, I guess you could say it was worth it. And if the Pelicans never win a championship, you could say certainly it was worth it. But the, uh, this trade certainly set up the Pelicans for what they're doing right now. And look at the, what the Rams have what, three, four, and eight? Is that the record right now? I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, yeah th- this has been a disaster this
5: season. And, and Dave, I wanted to, you brought up a great point about the Pelicans, by the way. Zion Williamson, most dominant player in the NBA right now with Anthony Could Davis and MVP? Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, if they are yeah. first in the Western Conference, I think you've got to yeah. have that conversation. Something I've noticed with Zion is his playmaking has taken a leap this season. I don't know if you've noticed that. I mean, he's passing at an elite level. He's averaging over four assists per game. True shooting percentage is over 63. Very efficient, dominant, playing the best defense of his career. And he's not known for being a defender. But, I mean, I think that's Willie Green, a testament to him. They're first in the West. They just beat their arch rival, the Phoenix Suns, their new arch rival, twice in a row. I mean, when are we going to start having this conversation? I said it. Early on, a couple weeks ago, I said the Pelicans would be in the Western Conference Finals. I stand by it. I truly think they will.
4: I love how the tide has changed for everybody on their <laughs> thoughts about Zion. That's all I'm going to say. Well, no, I've always loved Zion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'm not noticed, saying he's, you. Notice
2: he's, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, notice he's bringing the ball up the corner a lot more playing yeah. Yeah. this yeah. year. That, that's a good point. And ball. he had a three yeah. last
5: game, too.
4: You know that he can hit from the outside, right? Like, you know that he can have all the... He has I know, all but it was like Paolo
5: that... in college. It was like him and Paolo. Like, when you ha- saw him hit a three, you were like, whoa, we can hit threes? <laughs> by the way, Paolo's, Paolo's efficiency. By the way, all you're all the Paolo lovers that wanted to give him the rookie of the year. I mean, he's not been uh, incredible recently. Matherin's been better.
4: I'm just saying with Zion, he's always, play, he has had the ability always to play like this. Of course. He's, um, I mean, he grew up as a point guard. He wasn't originally a point guard. Well, power he's also 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. I he's dominant that. at 6'6 six, six. I understand somehow, that like when, this he, dominant. when he initially, his freshman year of high school, he's 5'9". He had a huge yeah. growth spurt come junior year. That's why so Anthony Davis done.
5: is so good, right? Arosh oh, yeah. the yeah. Lakers' best yeah, player. AD.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're all, they all have guard skills. He was taught to be a guard.
2: He wasn't taught to be a guard. Kevin Durant was a point guard until 11th grade because he was only 6 feet tall and he grew like 9 inches between his uh, junior and senior years and he could always handle it. He was a point guard his whole life.
5: Dave, I wanted to ask you one more thing since we brought up Anthony Davis um, and the Lakers. We're always going to bring up the Lakers on the Arash Markazi (laughs) show. Um, Look, (laughs) I don't think it's even an argument. Davis is is has been past the torch. He's by far their best player. LeBron is good, but he's barely a top 20 player this season. Let's be real. If you're looking at all the advanced metrics and his... By the way, questionable shot-making down the stretch. That almost costs them like five games this season. What was that one? Did you see against the Pistons that one-legged shot when they were up eight? And I'm like, dude, you're about to lose to the Pistons if you shoot like that. Him and Westbrook should just stop shooting in the clutch. (laughs) Give the ball to AD. But as good as AD's been, arguably, some would say the MVP. But if you look at the record, he's top five. I think we can all agree on that. He's top five in the MVP race. Just absolutely dominant on both ends of the floor. When are we going to start having I mean are people even having this conversation like Davis is the Lakers franchise player not LeBron James
2: Well um, and also I think Darvin Ham's done a terrific job <laughs> this year they started out 2 and 10 and you know we were we were all talking about Russell Westbrook needs to go to the bench because he can't be on the floor at the same time as LeBron. They're oil and water. Um, and when you put the Westbrook over the two-slot over on the wing, he can't shoot. It's a disaster. So moving him to the bench was a stroke of genius. And, and it shouldn't have been done last year. But And, you know, Ham tinkering with the lineup and putting different guys out there. And as you just said, it was a good part. Running the offense now through AD and getting the most out of him. I think Ham's done a pretty good job. You know, they were up to 10 and 12 before AD missed those two games with the flu and they lost three in a row. So I think they've kind of righted the ship a little bit and i like the job this coach is doing
5: yeah I, and i wanted to bring up too you mentioned kevin durant isn't it remarkable <clears throat> that he's having arguably the the second best season of his career besides his mvp season in, in oklahoma city his burst looks as good as ever after the injury after the injury 30 points per game has the nets as an offensive mm-hmm. juggernaut with ben simmons out there on the court who ruins spacing similar to rudy gobert I mean, it's just remarkable. I know he has Kyrie out there, 31 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, 66% true shooting percentage. When are, when, I don't, and you know, I'm, I'm always uh, the MVP candidates. There's so many good ones this year. I think it's kind of disrespectful how we're not talking about Kevin Durant and what he's done saving this Brooklyn Nets team that should have been in the gutter. They're 16 and 12. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference or fifth. I mean, Dave, how remarkable is Kevin Durant been?
2: He's been sensational this year, and I think we can say now, um, in the history of the NBA, he's the only guy that's come back as good or better from an Achilles' tear. Yep. especially yeah. he was over 30 when it happened. Uh, anybody who's ever had that injury was never as good as they were before, except for him. He found a way to do it. It's remarkable.
4: Yeah, Dave, I wanted to switch over to um, my favorite sport, uh, which is college basketball. <laughs> um, SC's kind of been irrelevant, to be honest with you, in the beginning of the season. I know it's extremely early, but where do you see them possibly going with them playing Long Beach State tomorrow? USC? Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I, I like mean, USC LA uh, is great, so I'm not even going to n- jump yeah. on that. Yeah.
2: I like the young talent. I like Andy Enfield. Mrs. Andy Enfield, of course, is always the favorite. They're with all of us later right on. So. There we go. Andy Enfield's a winner, by the way. What was he, like
5: some some, some millionaire tech genius before he went into coaching? Something like that, or finance yeah, that's, guy? That's, like, when, finance.
2: when they... When they stand next to each other, it's hard to imagine them together. But um, yeah, but yeah, he retired. He retired from coaching, and became a millionaire with a startup tech business, and then got back into coaching. You're absolutely right. But I like this USC team. He's. A, I think Andy Enfield's a really good coach. He's a good recruiter. It's a style of play that I like, getting up and down. And uh, I kind of like this USC team. So we'll see. But you know, Alas knows better than anybody. He's a USC graduate. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how good they are. They're not going to get the support. It's kind of like UCLA football. They're they're all going to be irrelevant you know arash i thought this might change a little bit when the gaming center went up and they oh, might get some more yeah. student support and they and, and it might turn around a little bit and uh, they could have a great rivalry with ucla kind of like the duke north carolina thing but it just hasn't happened
3: no dave i mean they, they, they built this beautiful on-campus facility and i thought beautiful it would change things yeah it's half beyond half empty it's i mean no one shows up to these games when they do it's either ucla uh you know you know it, like you have to play a top 10 team and so they they try their best they they like offer uh, students f- free pizza and free you know yeah. other things but uh dave uh a couple more questions for you dave they listen the nba for whatever reasons now wants to name all their trophies after certain players we just found out the defensive player of the year is uh named after hakeem Olajuwon, most valuable player is named after michael jordan Rookie of the Year Will Chamberlain Trophy, John Havlicek Trophy goes to the Sixth Man of the Year. George Mikan Trophy goes to the most improved. I mean, your thoughts on, I mean, they were doing just fine. I I, I don't know the, the the need to have all these new trophies. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a good point. I, I hadn't heard about that story. That's interesting. Sixth Man of the Year for Havlicek. What is the assist leader going to be the Magic Johnson Award? Yeah, they, they haven't the put Reed that <laughs> The Dennis, the Dennis Rodman Award for yeah, League league right. and rebounding. We could go all day with this stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just makes. sense. No... the guy has,
2: How about the guy who has the most turnovers? What would you call ah, that ah, one? Exactly. The Russell, the Russell Westbrook Award. <laughs> yeah.
5: Oh, let's calm down. We come on, Dave. You know, his 15 assists the other day helped Davis get his 55 plus points. <laughs>
3: Uh, Dave, the last one for you. Like if you're a college player or a college coach, if you're not in the college uh, football playoff, do you care about the bowl? I, I think this has kind of become no. a story. Yeah. I mean, wh- and then what, <laughs> what does that mean for the future of these so, bowl games? That was so quick. What does, that, what does that mean for the future of these bowl games, Dave?
2: Well, I think the fact that, um, they're going to eight and then 12, what 12, 12 and twenty twenty four? Yeah. yeah. I think that gives them a little more relevancy. But, I mean, really, if you're not in the college football play, who cares? It's friends and family, their practice games, e- even the New Year's Six games. Who cares yeah. So they don't move on and play into the next round? It's just the, their exhibition games. Nobody, nobody, I don't watch those games. I don't care. But, you know, what I might watch, though, the Tulane-USC games, kind of interesting to yeah. see how – you know, see how Tulane, who won 11 games this year in the non-FBS conference, how they stack up against a team like USC. I might be interested to watch that one. And by the way, if it was 12 this year, Tulane would have gotten in into the oh, college exactly. football playoffs. So no doubt about it. That's one thing that's going to be interesting. And, and um, but I think 12 too many. I think eight's the perfect number. Uh, t- taking 12, now we're risking kind of watering down the regular season. And the college football regular season is, is better than any other sport. I think 12 is too many teams.
3: I agree. You know, because if, if not just two losses, Dave. I mean, there will, there will be some th- three lost teams that find yeah. themselves into that. T- yeah, you know, it used to be before you lose one game, your season's over, two for sure. But now if you're a three lost team, you, you still have a, a chance, Dave. Dave, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Morganzi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show
3: on the Mightier Ten Ninety
2: ESPN radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about
0: it. Thank you for listening to Believe.